When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Wes Beach of the Plasmatics. And when I want to check out all things KISS, I listen to Time and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loudcast. and salutations welcome to the shout it out loudcast don't turn your radio dial you're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 29 we are calling this one we are fully erected and rise when you rock your body and then one by one we all achieve victory together this will be our shortest episode ever because we have nothing to say thank you and good night Wow. Well, you know, that's a great <laughs> intro, Sonny. And uh, and before we forget, let's thank our friend Tony for the intro. We no, always forget our friend Tony let's for the not. intro. No, no, you don't want to thank him. No. But I thank think it's fun. I think it's funny how, if, if I recall correctly, Sonny, last episode, you said we're going to go from an album that sold 25 million <laughs> copies to an album that sold 25 copies. There you go. <laughs> but, who knows, this five is gonna, them. but who knows this <laughs> is going to be a good one. Right, Zeus? Yes, I think this will be interesting, at yep. least conversation wise. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good night. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we had to say. <laughs> That's it. Three, six, six, uh, six, one, seven. <laughs> we haven't pulled that one out in a while, I guess. Have, That's an oldie, but a goodie. <laughs> hey, wait a second. You guys didn't write the album. We know. Goodbye. <laughs> we know. Don't worry. It's shuffle. <laughs> Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, why didn't I hear any of the songs on this episode? <laughs> We're doing you a favor. Fuck off. Oh, come on. Be nice. We'll see. We'll see. Am I pulling a sunny, Tom? I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm not good at lying about how I feel about these albums. Oh so my I did. God, I'm not good. Go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Tom doesn't have a good poker face when it comes to. Well, the- I do when I'm playing poker, but when I'm playing ARC, I'm not good at it. <laughs> With the decks. Yeah, no, I'm not good at it. That's what we need to do at Creatures Fest is play poker. That's a good uh, idea. Let's do it. We'll at play Creatures- with uh, Vinny. V- Vinny's going to be a dealer. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Pony. I have two aces. <laughs> Holy shit, there's only one 
face. What do you mean, two? We're gonna play five cod Cusano. Let's play strip poker. <laughs> oh, Woo! here we go. Yeah, because we're all gonna be there at Creatures Fest. Holy shit, that's gonna be a disaster. All yes. right, but let's get back on track. Yes. And what we always do before we go forward, we go backwards and we discuss an album. I think I sold a couple more albums than this one. And that was beep beep Prince's Purple Rain. That's right. We always start with our poll favorite song off the album. A lot of people had uh, a couple different selections for this, but the poll options for this one were When Doves Cry, Baby, I'm a Star, Let's Go Crazy, and Purple Rain. And it was very tight at the top there. We had Purple Rain with 32 winning the poll. When Doves Cry at 31, Let's Go Crazy at 30. And then you people, Baby, I'm a Star coming in last at 7%. Oof. That's rough. That That is those top three were that close. Wow. Yep. Thir- uh, yep. 30, 31, 32. Yep. Um, let's <laughs> here we go. Our buddy Joel Hoffman. Purple Rain is epic. It never gets old to me. The entire album is amazing. And then we get a comment on that one from Dizzy Dean's Picket Fence Teeth. <laughs> who is who, that? You got to come out, come forward. Who chimes out and says, you're a good guy. I'm not a good guy. Because I love whores. <laughs> what does that have anything to do with? <laughs> and then Sonny, Sonny jumps in and says, baby, I'm a star. Absolutely rocks. Then Dizzy Dean comments on that and says, so does good dental hygiene. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on here. He can, Dizzy Dean commented on pretty much everything. He then goes, my write-in vote is for Morris Day in the Times Jungle Love. Morris and I shared a bottle of Boone's. And a newspaper blanket one night in an alley back in October. Good dude and can retain body heat well. Um, wow. I, I this dizzy dean's picket fence. Please teeth. step forward. Please yes. step forward. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he last time I saw early in the week, he put a poll together and said, "Okay, all you Britney Fox fans." Welcome to the first and final round of the best Brittany Fox song tournament. Cast first your- and final round. <laughs> he put girl school and long way to love. It got one vote. <laughs> it was girl school. And he, and he and he retweets it and writes, the vote is in. Not the vote. The vote is in. We have a champion in a landslide. Thanks to the one who voted. And he ends it with, come on, girls. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, please step forward, Dizzy Dean. Please. We'll give you, we'll get we'll let you come on the show for God's sakes. Yeah, let's not go that far. All right. Now a couple more comments about Purple Rain. Our buddy Tony Kurt, doing the intro music there says this record is hands down the best record ARC has reviewed. I'm happy to see Tom and Sonny got it right in the rankings. Then he had an interesting comment here. Prince is very much like Kiss. He changed his costumes for each record. You can pinpoint exactly when a photo was taken by how they looked and what they were wearing. That's good observation. The rare good observation by Tony. Tony, we love you, buddy. Oh, and then we had a couple of people. I don't know if you remember last month we were talking about it's a bulging man. <laughs> but we had a lot of people chime in and say that's Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Yep, that's correct. Uh, and then Kevin's on fire 
with a close-up photo of Mike Tyson's trainer from Punch Out. <laughs> That's um not Little Mac. That's um what's it? Doc. Doc. Yes. Uh, then we got MD. He says my history with this album came out when I was in college. Sadly, I had a fraternity brother who played it twenty four seven, ruining it for the rest of us. I may or may not have been responsible for them hiding this cassette. Drastic times call for drastic measures. I never saw someone so upset. Todd Harrig, a lot of history with Prince since he was from Minnesota. I grew up listening to his music with most rock stations playing the songs in their regular rotation. Never really thought of him as a pop artist until much later. Saw him perform very early in his career. That's awesome. Texan Brian says, I'm shocked this is a Tom pick. I thought it was a Hollywood. Great episode. Not a huge Prince fan, but really enjoyed this one. Uh, uh, yes, Sonny and I, as you could tell, with our number one ranking, we're huge Prince fans. Uh, let's see. Clark Side of the Moon. Guys, love this episode. I had forgotten the greatness of this album. True story. I bought this in 1985. And in a fit of metal rage, I threw it out of my fifth story dorm room window during a party. Oh, wow. Now he likes the now he likes the album. Of course, our buddy Steve jumps in with his rankings. We love when Steve does that. And uh, yeah, that's some Twitter feedback. Not not too many negative things to say about Purple Rain. And uh, maybe until we get to our email section, which will be coming up soon. But Zeus, what do you got on the uh, book of face? I'm trying to figure out what the metal rage is. What you were listening to overkill. It pissed you off and you threw purple rain out the window. So, yeah. It's almost like he likes it now, but when he was younger, he bought it. Like, first of all, what did you think was on purple rain? <laughs> it's a pretty self, it's a pretty self apparent record when you get it, but yeah, 85, he couldn't, he was trying to listen to, you know, ride the lightning and couldn't handle baby. I'm a star. I don't know. Maybe that was it. <laughs> All right. Our buddy Tony Smith says possibly the best album review show yet. Oh, uh, Jason Warden has uh, the gif of Dave Chappelle as Prince with a fucking plate of pancakes. <laughs> uh, Ryan Barks has a photo of him on the beep beep motorcycle. It was on display in Seattle. Uh, Brad Rustoven says, love the pick, Tom. Excellent album. Not surprised Sonny had it on top of his list, but you moving it to number one slot definitely caught me off guard. And then he talked about um, he saw them something in 1984 and they played something seven nights or something. Thanks, Brad. Uh, Jepson, Kevin Jepson. Oh, never heard this or seen the movie. That's a lie. But Stop the song, it. yeah, but the song Purple Rain is one of the greatest songs of all time. Good stuff on here for sure to slam pussy to oh beep beep that's a nice review kevin yeah adam carlton says it's the best concert he's ever seen Mm -hmm. oh uh mike murphy and tom uh were uh pleasing each other with talking about prince's solo at the rock and roll hall of fame oh yeah uh yeah i know great great music is really frustrating overrated Oh, yeah. Um, Terribly overrated. Let's talk about Joe Walsh. Okay, he's way better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he is. That's Uh, embarrassing, but go ahead. Yeah, Prince is the greatest guitar player of all time. I didn't say that. I said Uh he was better than Joe Walsh, but go ahead. Keep waving that flag. He ain't, but that's okay. Okay. Um, Joe Decker, awesome. I took this pick at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago. I was a headbanger in the 80s, and it was totally not cool back then to like uh, artists like this. Like Prince, 
You were gay if you did. Oh, Jesus. Wow. So I was a closet prince. Oh, Jesus. Outfield. Oh, we're never oh. going to hear the end of this now. Oh, no. From somebody. Yep. And a few other pop group fans. But Prince was amazing. So excited to listen to this episode, even though the movie sucked. <laughs> Except How for dare you. Naked Apollonia. Oh, yeah. Adam Nickmeyer. I've always heard the lyrics as might not know it now, but baby, you'll find out I'm a star. So it's official. I'm a better lyricist than Prince. Get it? I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it out too. <laughs> also good to know you guys got your pegging education. Oh God. In darling Sonny's castle. <laughs> darling Sonny. There you go. That's the cover. Devin Fox. Also known as. LC from Cobras and Fire. Oh, I was going to say Sunny Pooney. Um, <laughs> and, uh, every, every, everybody's Sunny Pooney. have a job, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, another great ARC episode. Enjoyed the parts reviewing the movie itself the best. And agreed, the vocals on the beautiful ones may be the best ever. All nine tracks are gold. Beep, beep. Nice. I like that. Oh, here's one for you, Tom. Uh, good episode, but like two hours too long. Like Pooney says, cut it down. I skipped the first hour and landed on the beginning of the episode. Nice. <laughs> That's good, it. good for him. <laughs> That's it. I was going to get better. All right. Not a problem. Here's another positive feedback. Kyle Schneider. I thought this was a kiss podcast. Yeah, and then I think I responded with, like, are you new here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Keith Jackson, the best ever, period. Over on Loudcasters, Tom. David Zanet, our buddy David. All right. Uh, Masterpiece, he says. Uh, Joseph Collins, I definitely had the cassette back in the day. Our buddy Jack Pinocchio. Apparently, purple bananas is slang for weed, he says. Okay. Really? Never Never heard that one. I think it looks like he and he put a photo up and it looks like, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of those uh, Urban Dictionary definitions he put up. Okay. Well, the Urban Dictionary wasn't around in 1984, so I don't know if that's it. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was in Cliff Notes. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Nicolino wrote, meet me. Adam Stevenson. Lots of excitement when the new ARC episode is finally released. And wow. An hour in, and the cock gobbling on this piece of garbage album is nauseating. Zero stars. What? Who's that from again? Adam Stevenson. (laughs) 
Ban him. He's banned. You're banned. So you were asking if there was some negative there. The negative ones are on Facebook, not Twitter, surprisingly. Um, Justin Steele. This made me rewatch the movie. Remember how bad it was. <laughs> I know all the hits, but not my cup of tea. So true. If you grew up around this time and on MTV, he is a handful of artists. You couldn't escape. Good listen, guys. Nice. Uh, your buddy, Mike Murphy, for the first time ever. Looks like he's uh, taking a jab at my buddy Tom here. Uh-oh. Another great episode, guys. I'm looking forward to next month's ARC when Tom once again reveals his new number one album of all time. Well, I'll respond to that in two part. I can't help it that we keep reviewing some of my favorite albums. And two, I can guarantee you that ain't happening in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> keep listening. You never know. Over now on our YouTube. You do. David Grasso. Great episode. I would expect an SIOL to review Born in the USA before Purple Rain. Oh, God, I hope never. Oh, why? That's never. Bruce is never coming here on this show. Then, a, <laughs> then again, there usually isn't much sex on a Springsteen album, so it makes sense. <laughs> That's, That's true. Point. That's a good point. Hearing Tom Bash jump by Van Halen was shocking. Isn't he a fan of Unmasked? I don't get why it's okay for Kiss to do pop songs, but not Van Halen. Whatever. Still love your takes on all these great Prince songs and that you're not afraid to give your honest opinion, even if it's a contrarian one. Yeah, Jump is not a good song. It's not what you want to hear when you have a band like Eddie with Eddie Van Halen. It's just that, 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 that analogy with Unmasked is... But Shandy is? Yeah, but see, now you're getting into the dangerous waters of comparing Van Halen in their prime <laughs> to Kiss. <laughs> So if you want to do that, if you want to do that, we can. <laughs> yeah, but you can kind of say Kiss was still like, you know, they still had the three of the four originals and Eric is a hard hitting drummer. Do and you, you like come- Jump? Uh, they were not yeah, in their prime. I do. It's a good it's a good song. It's just- OK, so why don't you like Shandy? Same thing. Oh, because that song's horrible. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, Jump like- is horrible. Kiss should have been even heavier when you have when you had Eric and take out Peter because they right. could now. Right. And then they come up with fucking that and tomorrow. They they, and, they, then they did and just easy, a boy. <laughs> an easy thing, whatever the fuck that's called. No, that's your boy, Peter. No, that's your boy, yeah. What's that other shit song? Easy as easy it seems. Yeah, that's awesome. I think they brought in, what's his name from fucking uh, <laughs> the You Can't Touch Me guy. What's his name there? Fucking oh, you Can't Touch Me. Super freak. Oh, Rick, oh, Jim, Rick, I'm James. Rick James, bitch. I'm Rick James to play the bass on that track. <laughs> oh, fucking terrible. Anyway, oh, here's a good one for you, Tom. Patent Diorama. Do I need to send you guys a box of tampons? <laughs> what? Why? Because we like Prince? Wow. Wow. Oh. Yikes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's 2022. It's okay. Okay, guys don't have to, oh, I fucking like trucks and guns and porn. I can't believe you're not doing overkill. (laughs) Where's the review of the Celtic Frost debut album? I still call it Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost, whatever the fuck that (laughs) crap band is. And now I'm going to get all those fans after me next episode. That's right. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, what are you talking about? Those guys are amazing. (laughs) That's a Mount Rushmore album for me. Uh, and then D B Q R X 
three, he writes, Sonny giving love to the Capri Theater in Concord, California. Oh, oh there must right. be a Bay Area brother right there. Oh, fucking. Anyway, uh, that's what I got, guys. Back to you. Sonny, you got a couple emails? Yeah. So right. <clears throat> first one I got is from Mike H. ARC Purple Rain. Growing up, my father always said that if I have nothing to say, <laughs> if I have nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all. And that was the end of his email. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Dude, there's some, everything on Twitter was positive. Everything else is awful. <laughs> yes. People. Uh, next one's from Jerry Blackwell. Uh, Purple oh, wait, Rain. that's a that's a Puny Burner account. Can put, uh, in the, put in the alert. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, wait, did he agree with me? I don't even yes. know. I uh, love the choice and listening to the episode. Very interesting. The next one says, it sounds like it might be some sort of hidden surprise. Well, it's a surprise. It is. For sure. uh, by the time I got into Prince, he was already bitching about copyrights and being a slave to the record companies. So he was a complete turnoff. Having said that, Purple Raid's amazing album and by far the best from his early period. His guitar skills have always been underrated. And although people like to make fun of his stature and eccentric behavior, he was cool as cool could get, and pussy surrounded him constantly. <laughs> I guess the purple, that must be moped. It's moped. It's, yeah, when I first read it, I thought it said moped. Moped, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess the purple moped worked out in the end. Nice, that was the sure. All right. Yeah, we got a couple around more. him constantly. That's yeah. good for him. Okay. And, and we got a couple more here. So Larry Neal, uh, also under suspicion of Pooney Burner account here. <laughs> Uh, hello, gents. Prince is the most overrated musician in music history. Yeah, Larry. Except for so no matter not- what the opinion is, it's me. Correct. So it doesn't matter who it is. That can't be Sonny. Sonny loves Prince. But that's why he uses these to throw curveballs <laughs> so he don't think it's him. <laughs> so when the next one comes up and it's positive. If it's it. high praise or low praise, it's Sonny. If it's in the middle, it's not him. That's how we know. Uh, he said, except the song 1999, which will be used in commercials and TV forever. None of the other music has any staying power. My grandchildren will have no idea who Prince was, but will know who Michael Jackson was. Let's get back to the rock. How about Tiger Tails, Shotgun Messiah, Tangier <laughs> or Sleazebees? Larry <laughs> from Europe. Is that par- that's got to be a parody, right? It's got to be right. He's joking. What do you mean? Of- what do you mean? What's the matter with Tiger Tales? Fucking fantastic. <laughs> the fifth album was amazing. Yeah. Isn't that a cartoon for kids? Probably. Yeah, Tiger yeah. Tales? Tiger Tales, it's a real band, too. Yeah, it's a real band, too. That's the problem. Um, and we got Mike, another. Wait a minute. Michael Jackson's music, but not Prince's. Yeah, that's why he's a pair. Anybody who re- who refers what? to sleaze bees in an email can't be taken <laughs> seriously. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Doug Middleton, I know for a fact that Prince was not gay. I tried making a pass at him once, and he told me to fuck off. By the way, Purple Rain is great, but controversy is better. Thanks for what you do, gentlemen. Wow, Doug. Okay. That's like Uh, the old joke. How do you know your roommate's gay? Well, his dick tastes like shit. (laughs) Wow, dude. Please fucking edit that out. Please edit that out. Oh my wow. god, what the fuck is the matter with you? Wow. <laughs> We're gonna be banned. And then we got our first comment on our website. Oh no. Yeah. Somebody wrote, 
the best album made in music history, period. Sonny, you got on the website early then. (laughs) (laughs) Every website comment from here on out is Sonny. It's Sonny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the emails. That's what I got. Awesome. That's feedback. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a running theme of we're figuring out that everything on Twitter is a little bit more positive and everything else is negative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Well, let's move on and let's get to this month's episode. Sonny, this is your pick. We got these CDs in the mail and we're like over on the holidays and we're like, thanks. I think (laughs) we had no idea. What this was about, we just thought it was a nice gift that you gave it to us. Hey, this is a band I like. Here you go. So that's us, our introduction to the band. Why don't you go and figure and tell us some more? Well, hold on, hold on. Before Sonny jumps in, I, I just want to make a quick thing. So the only thing I know about this band is the CD that you sent us and the fact that, like that, like you got like grown up rock. You know, you and Steven and I know uh, righty in the in the part of the hell guys like the Monsters of Rock guys like you guys love this band. And that's that's great. But it, it, it's interesting to, when we first met you guys, Sonny, to hear you guys talk about some of these Swedish bands. I know Eclipse is another band that you guys love because I've never like I don't they don't I don't hear them on satellite radio. I've had satellite radio for years. I don't hear them anywhere. And other than you guys mentioning them, just never heard. I've heard a couple songs from Eclipse. I think I may have heard one or two songs by Heat before, just from what you guys play or talk about during your shows. But yeah, our exposure to them is obviously extremely limited. So with this being your pick and this being a band that you've seen in concert a few times, take it away. Yeah. So how I kind of came about it. Well, first of all, let me tell you why I picked it. You know, we've we've been off the beaten path with Zeus doing Eagles or, you know, you're doing Prince last week or last month. And I've stuck my neck out there a little bit with Hailstorm because it was a newer band, but I wanted to uh, let the listeners get an idea of some of the Swedish stuff that's going on. So for Heat, I got into them tail end of 2019. I'm a Monsters of Rock cruiser, so they were one of the bands listed in 2020. And if if I go through the list of bands that are coming up on the ship and I don't know them, I usually want to go and give their music a shot, right? So mm-hmm. Mork does a good job of bringing some of these bands over that you're just never going to get to see in the States. So I go to uh, Spotify and just kind of randomly pick a song off one of the albums, and I pick a song called Point of No Return. And I'm like, holy cow, this is pretty good. So I'm just randomly like jumping to albums, picking like eight or ten songs. And after about ten songs, I'm like, holy fuck, these guys are like – super in my bang zone i'm getting excited to see him then i realize oh my god that's a lot of vocals are they going to be able to pull this shit off live because that's going to be a problem so now normally most of us will go to youtube and start checking them out on youtube i didn't want to do that because to me like unless as a professional recording youtube can give you either the best of somebody or the worst of somebody and i don't really like that so i'm like i'm gonna go in blind we see him on monsters rock the first show in Studio B, and holy fuck, guys. I mean, great songs, performed them well, ton of energy, ton of stage presence. The singer stage dove. He jumped into a pool on the second set. He was crowd surfing. He's going to the audience singing. He's pillow people up. He would take people's phones and then record the band for the people and then give the phone back to them 
but nice. it was all over the place. Now, Sonny, and, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is this the band that was on Heat 2 that you saw? Yes, yes. So with the lead singer that was on this yeah. album, and this yes, is on Aaron the more Bronwell. And this yeah. was on the more cruise last year. I mean, 2020, the, 2020. 2020. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So because a lot of people didn't know this band, unless you're from Europe, they wowed everybody on the ship in 2020, every work, there is a band. That's the wow factor. And these guys were the wow factor. So I ran into Eric, who's the lead singer um, on, on the last day of the cruise, shook his hand, took a picture with him. And uh, you know, I was wowed with the two sets they played. So I told him, I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. I, you're probably the second best stage presence guy I've ever seen live, right? Because he doesn't play a guitar, nothing, right? So he's just got the microphone and he's got all. And he goes, well, let me ask you, who's number one on your list? I said, that's Prince. He goes, yeah, I guess I could take that. Shook my <laughs> hand and that was it. I guess yeah. if I say Paul and Stanley, maybe he fights me. I don't know. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Um, but, you know, overall, of all the stuff that they got out there, I like about 80% of it. And about half of it, I wish I would have had my whole career, right? So, you know, for me, it's all about, okay, it's good music. I got the live connection. I'm locked. And they check all the boxes for me. So that's kind of how I got into heat. Nice. Yeah. I mean, again, I remember a while back, because we've been you know, friends with you and Steven and listened to Growing Up Rock for a while you guys talk about a clip, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like from what I recall that you guys were listening to Eclipse first, like that Eclipse was kind of in your zone a little bit. And then heat came around. I can't remember. It sounds like I just remember hearing about Eclipse first from you guys. Yeah. Cause Eclipse okay. was on the 2019 more. That's what, that's it. Everybody on that's it. Yeah. And I remember, I remember you recommended an album from them. I remember playing that. Uh, even my, my son, who's going to be 18 was like, wow, these guys sound really good. But you know, a couple of things from heat, um, we're just interesting, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously we're going to get into, it. we're going to get into the, into the production and stuff, but all, you know, all joking aside and everything, you know, obviously this is a, this is a unique episode for us because it, it's a, it's a relatively unknown band. They don't have that worldwide, you know, I mean, we've done Metallica and Guns and Roses and Prince and the Eagles. This obviously isn't that. So in terms of background information and stuff like that, there's not a whole hell of a lot to, to go on. One thing that I saw that caught my eye was that I was kind of checking out some of their background and they were signed to a record label in 2008 that was owned by Peter. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, Peter Stomare or Stom, whatever it is. And the only th- reason I know that guy, when I clicked, I'm like, wait, that's the guy that was in prison break. And if you see his face, you know him, he's a famous actor and he had a record label called Stormvox. And apparently in 2008, their debut album was released by then. Then they had another album that came out in 2010. So, Sonny, you, you, you're better than me at, at talking about their history and, you know, their history, the, the signings and their lead singer changes that have happened recently. So he was basically the album Sonny sent to us at Christmas time. I played it a couple of times because I know Sonny swears by them. And uh, I liked it. But, you know, when I put it on, it wasn't like a band with uh cookie monster vocal or something crazy. It was melodic. So I'm like, okay, pretty good. But I didn't, you know, I didn't play it over and over again. It wasn't until he said last month when he's like, yeah, you already have this, this uh, next month's episode. I'm like, we do. And he's like, yeah, I mailed it to you. Like, Oh fuck. (laughs) So um, I started putting it on and going through it Uh, all new to me. Yet the music sounds quite familiar. 
we'll get into the tracks, we'll get into the band, we'll get into the songs, all that stuff. But uh, I, I know nothing about this. I don't listen to new music unless it's like given to me by a friend and recommended. And uh, I'm usually a little bit stubborn on my own to get into it. But Sonny introduced me to Hailstorm, and now I, I love them. I'm buying stuff on their my own uh, of their new stuff. So Sonny introduced me to Heat. We'll see where this goes. I don't know. We'll find out when we talk about the album. But uh, I have nothing to talk about as far as my history other than Sonny sending me this CD. So, Sonny, why don't you talk a little bit about the band and their history and uh, get us up to date? So recently they've had a lead singer change. We're going to put a pin in that because the band that we're going to talk about is the band that's on this album. So history on the band. Four of them are original guys from 2007 when they established themselves. There's a guy named Jimmy J. He's the bassist. Jonah T., who's the keyboard player. David DeLone, who's a guitar player. Those three guys are the main songwriters. Don Crash, who's on drums. And by the way, Don Crash related to Gene Krupa, by the way. Wow, there you go. Yeah. And then Eric Gronwall on vocals. And Eric's the one who, who left in early 2021. So Jonah and Dave, who are the guitar player and the keyboard, childhood friends, okay? And their influences are more Bon Jovi, Europe, Whitesnake. Crash, who's the drummer, and Jimmy, who's a bass player, are childhood friends, and their influences are Skid Row, Pantera, and Metallica. Eric is the pop guy, okay? So no matter who kind of writes this music, all the other influences kind of come out in the recordings, but Jonah and Dave, who were... Childhood friends were in a band called Dream. Jimmy and Crash, childhood friends, are a band called Trading Fate, and they kind of get together and make heat in 2007. The original singer leaves after the first couple of albums. Who knows why? Like that, that story is a little bit uh, uh, unwritten, I guess. Eric Gronwall joins as a lead vocalist on the third album. Eric is a Swedish Idol winner. So there's a, a, just like we have an American Idol, Sweden has their own idol. Eric got on Swedish Idol when he was 17 years old, didn't make it, comes back at 20 after taking the feedback and wins Swedish Idol. After winning, just like an American Idol, releases a song, it's called Higher, goes number one in Sweden, releases the first album, it goes number one and goes platinum. First album, just like any other Idol album, it's got a bunch of covers from what he did on the show. The second album, Paul heard the way Paul Stanley heard the way Eric was singing, and Paul had a song written and gave it to uh, Eric to sing on the second album. It's called Timeless. It's pretty good if you want to go check it out. It's on uh, Spotify. Then in 2018, Alice Cooper reaches out because they wanted a rock guy to play Simon in Jesus Christ Superstar that was getting aired on live TV on NBC Live. So Eric is... Simon on Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ Superstar with Alice Cooper, John Legend, all those wow. guys. Hmm. So that he actually got a nominated for a Grammy, nominated for a Grammy. They didn't win, but wow. um, he got nominated. These guys have played uh, four times on more, twice in 2020, twice in 2022, because everybody does two shows, just to kind of look and to expand their audience. They've done a couple of festivals in Chicago. But it's hard to come to the U.S. because, you know, you want to bring five guys. It costs 35, 40 grand to get here in just travel and visas. And that's before you play a note in the U.S. So, you know, you, I think they get 
playing more because it's considered international waters. So I think they could kind of get by without all the stuff. Um, they're doing well in UK, Germany, Spain, Sweden, obviously. They're big in Japan for some reason. This album that we're about to listen to, first one they self-produced, no external help. Um, I would say, you know, if I was to describe him, I would tell you that he has elements of like late 80s White Snake, Def Leppard in Europe. Mm-hmm. I had one of our listeners, um, his name is Danny Elam, describe him. And Danny said, vocal talent or survivor, songwriting of Von Jovi, music, musicianship of Foreigner. So you can kind of feel that too a little bit. Yes. Album's called Heat 2. It's their sixth studio album. Uh, I'll explain that a little bit. <laughs> but in the end, Heat is a melodic rock band. Three to four minute songs. I think the longest song on here is 441. And they're European. And the European uh, rock bands try to, you know, do anthemic songs. They're always trying to, like, write the next soccer stadium anthem that can be used. They're trying to be radio friendly. They're trying to do love songs. They're trying to do this mass appeal thing with this 80s flair. And they don't hide the 80s flair, right? They don't don't care if they get compared to the 80s because they're trying to get on Spotify playlists so people will listen to them. So the guys who are fighting it and trying to do like musical theater and Cookie Monster are not doing as well as, as the heats and the eclipses of the world because they're like, you know what? This 80s stuff worked for people. We'll just modernize it, make the production a little bit bigger, and people will like us too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the history of heat. Wow. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into some of the facts. Uh, heat 2 was released February 21st, 2020. It's produced by... Jonah T and Dave Delone. Pronounce that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Keyboard and Dave and, uh, and the yeah. guitar player. And that's how I listed it. Um and that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sonny I, did Sonny did a good uh, a good history, good a good little Wikipedia there on him. So yeah, I don't have like you know how much this album is sold in the US or anywhere else. Five copies. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And for some reason, you have five, you said, right? Well, but, I have three now. I sent two to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, that's what I have. There's not much to it. The only other thing I have, Sonny, and I think you were kind of alluding to it, is the fact that I read that they named this album Heat 2 because it seemed as though this was kind of like their debut starting over again. So if they were going to do a debut album for the band, this is it. So Heat 2, like their second version of them. And this is their new, I don't know, uh, new uh, format or new style going forward. Is that what you had there, Sonny? Yeah. So what happened is with the, with the first singer, album one and two are a little poppier, right? They don't have the punch. Eric joins album three and four has ton of punch album five, which is into the great unknown. They start getting experimental and people start going, Hey, what the hell is going on? <laughs> right. So they immediately come back with their creatures and says, all right, he too, we're going to start over. We're getting back to album three, four, put a little punch to it. Here we go. And that's the, gotcha. that's the whole deal. Gotcha. Well, let's go into the album cover. Sonny, your thoughts. So this album cover, it, it kind of, I think, is supposed to feel industrial. So <clears throat> what I'm assuming here is the Heat 2 logo is like a metal piece that's getting like screwed into metal 
And that's what's creating the sparks on the sides, right? Some of this is intentional, right? Like off the E, you see the five crowns. There's five members of the band. There's five stars. There's five members of the band. So I think they're trying to do some of it intentional. Even the the little lines off the H to the left and all off the T to the right, there's exactly five, right? So they're trying to do some of it intentional. But really, it's just a logo with some sparks around the outside. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, and that that H is uh, very Van Halen for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it, it's it's eye catching. I mean they it's it's a cool. You know, we were talking about it before we started recording that they're heat. You know, but it, I mean you'll see it when you see the episode. You know, it's H dot E dot A dot T, not just the word heat. But it, it's a cool logo. It, it it brings forth the image of a band that that is a rock band that's loud that's trying to do something that's going to be kind of energetic and powerful you got the, the the you know the fire the flames the sparks kind of the goldy you know bronze kind of imagery there the wings you know um so yeah it's it's eye catching you know I, I think it's kind of cool yeah um it's almost like it seems like the image maybe the band's image a little steampunk am i wrong no no well no. the band's image sunny I think they're trying to be a little glam, just they're trying to have the punk aggressiveness, but they're trying to be like 80s glam. Like this is like 87, right? This Mm -hmm. is how bands dressed in 87. Yep. Gotcha. They're not, it's not asylum kiss. Right. Right. It's like getting to hot in the shade kiss kind of. There you go. There you go. So if you open up, they have the lyrics in this album, which I love. Anytime we can see it. And then they got a picture of the band and I'm looking at the band, my first image of them. And I'm like, okay, there is Jerry Cantrell with mascara. There is one of the guitar players from faster pussycat. There is Wolfgang Van Halen who lost 20 pounds, uh, only 20, 40. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there is the lead singer from fucking what's that band. Everybody hates in, in Canada. Which one? Nickelback. Oh. I don't hate Nickelback. Yes. <laughs> Stop sending your hate mail. Well, the band that everyone loves to hate, Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. That lead singer there. And then to the right is kind of like, I don't know, punked out Adam Levine. I don't know. Yeah. They're, so, they're interesting looking. Yeah. I can say that. I can yeah, see, so- see, see, Sonny, Sonny is about to say something. See, we, we've known Sonny long enough. He has a look on his face that something interesting or funny is about to come oh, out of his mouth. No, 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 and he's no, got no. that look right now. So, I mean, I, I want to see where this is going. <laughs> no, no. I'm just going to help you put names to faces. Okay. Because you can't tell who's who. Okay. So who's uh, right? Mascara so, Jerry Cantrell there? So <laughs> going from left to right. So yeah. that's Dave DeLone. That's the guitar player. Okay. The guy on the barrel. That's Don Crash. That's the drummer. Okay. The guy who, uh, Wolfgang, who lost 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Notice is going up 10, 20 pounds. In the yeah. So Wolfgang, who lost 60 pounds. That's, <laughs> that's Jimmy. Jesus that's the, Christ. <laughs> who is he? <laughs> that's Jimmy J. That's the bass player. Yeah. The guy sitting down on the lower barrel there. That's Nickelback's Jonah lead singer. Yeah. Yeah. That's Jonah <laughs> T. He's the keyboard player. And then you got Eric Gronwall, who's the pump guy yeah so (laughs) it's funny like the one who's trying to be like the hardest is like the keyboard guy yeah Yeah. oh oh, okay 
<laughs> Does he rock a guitar? No, he doesn't. But uh, okay. he's he's uh, he's one of the main songwriters. Yeah, I know. So I think there's the confidence. oh, so he's like, part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, so nice. he's what we got to take out. <laughs> Am I wrong to say there's a little bit of a Neil Sean Jonathan Kane thing going on with the guitar playing keyboard player being the main musicians and songwriters? It sounds uh, like well, that, yeah. but that's a good yeah. question, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there yeah. a lot of similarity between those guys? It seems like. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably coincidence more than anything else. But yeah, um, these guys, you talk to any of these guys and tell them any coincidence that connects to the 80s, they'll tell you it's on purpose. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. So, Sonny, I, a question. So there, there's ba- there are bands out there. Um, and off the top of my head, the only band that I can think of is one of my favorite kind of not underground, but a band that I don't know anybody else who likes them. It's a band called Chevelle. And they've been around since their first album came out. They've, they've been around for over 20 years. They put out albums all the time, all the time. They either play small clubs or they open their touring with Corn and somebody else. And then they're doing a, they're a festival band. And they're happy with that. They have their fans. They have their base. They're never going to be bigger than what they are right now. And that's, that's, they, they, that's them. Is Heat that kind of band? where they're happy to, I mean, obviously every band wants to be Metallica or Eagles or Kiss, but is Heat that kind of band where they're, you know, they're they're a festival band, they're a Mork band and that's, that's it. And they're happy with that. And their fans are happy with that. Yeah. I think they're happy with it now, but I think they haven't hit their peak yet. Okay. Where a Chevelle has been around a little bit longer and they've kind of peaked and they're like, all right, we're good about right here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The kicks of the worlds did that. The YNTs of the world did that. You get yep. to a level, you're like, well, I guess we ain't getting past this, so we're just happy here. Right. I'm not sure Heat has actually got to their peak yet because until they get a tour in the U.S. opening for somebody and get a feel for how the U.S. will like them, yeah. they won't really know. Okay. Good enough. One last thing about the album. I always I find the thank yous interesting. Oh yeah. So they thank. Ingve, of course. Crazy Licks, <laughs> of course. Sweden. Eclipse, yeah. Firehouse, Mike Modano. Wow, the the U.S. the U.S. born. He's uh, not a fucking Swedish. I was just gonna uh, say, yeah, it's not Thomas Sandstrom <laughs> or Nicholas Lindstrom. Right, right. And then the last one they think I think is Sonny Pooney for buying all our copies in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It's Pooney should definitely be on those on the those thank fuck yous. Fuck is Mike Madonna? I bet you it's something like some Swedish hockey player got introduced and Mike Mad- in the locker room played and Mike Madonna, the American born, is like, wow, this is good music, you know, and went from there. Hey guys, do we know anybody who plays our music? <laughs> and as hockey player from the U.S., hey, throw him on the throw him on the thank yous. Retired hockey player, <laughs> you know. But I found that interesting. Yeah, no, that is. Uh, anyway, like we do, we get to the tracks. You guys ready to get started? Rock your body, baby.
right. So we got Rock Your Body first. Uh, to me, song's got a good groove. I like kind of how the keyboard and the guitar riff are playing off each other. Chorus is cheesy, you know, and Eric saying looking good in the middle of it doesn't probably help. Um, I love the verses. I'm sure uh, Tommy will talk about it, but the drum accents are so important to the earworms that happen in this music. So, you know, when he's saying skin on skin or kryptonite or sin by sin, like crash is um, purposely doing the drum accents to you. So you kind of understand it. There's earworms absolutely all over this album. That's one of the things that kind of hooked me because even after that first line of the second verse, you got like the little Dave DeLone guitar soloing thing. He does that a lot through the songs. Um, It's written to be audience participation. So it works. Yeah. It's cheesy. But they're kind of going after that pour some sugar on me, Def Leppard type stuff. And my wife absolutely loves heat, right? They're looking for mass appeal. They're getting it. That's why they're not overkill, right? So good song, a little cheesy. I don't know if I would have started the album out this way, but I get what they're going for. Yeah, so I'm glad that you are already being honest, and, and saying that that is cheesy because I was like, oh, God, don't put me in this position. Uh, so the first thing I'll say, and a lot of times when we do albums like this, I like to make like kind of a, like a blanket statement. So I'm kind of not repeating myself throughout every song, although I have specific things to say about each song. Right off the bat, the production is fucking perfect on this. It's big. It's powerful. The drums pop. The guitars pop. The band sounds fantastic. Here's where my issues come in. And there are certain bands that they do this. And it's just my thing. Everybody has their little niche about what they like in vocal stylings and what they don't. You said it, Sonny. It's very anthemic. But there are certain times where some of these songs, and this is no exception, just settle down, Eric. (laughs) Just just settle down. just, just, Just settle down a little bit, okay? Yeah, the lyrics are okay. You know, the chorus is unbelievably cheesy. You know, rock your body, get a little crazy. I mean, if this came out in 1988, this would be the biggest song in the friggin' world. But it came out. Pour some sugar on me. Exactly, exactly. But the problem is, this album just came out, so (laughs) uh, it's it it's it's very niche, you know, with that. But the band sounds fantastic. Some of the synthesizer, and we'll get into this as we continue it. Some of the synth works. Some of it is a little too much. I think this one kind of straddles that line between fun and a little too much. Um, but the band sounds fantastic. I, I love the I love the bridge into the chorus, um, and it's got a great guitar soul. These guys have a really really great knack for melody and groove. And uh, you know this this song is good if you take that chorus out. Rock your body. Uh, the album says music and lyrics by Jonah T. That's the keyboard player. So right away, when I hear this, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to like this synth and keyboard intro. I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking bad English, like off, <laughs> like fucking the charts. Um, it's funny you said it earlier. I not so much just this one. It's a little bit of a different band I'm going to think of and I'm going to mention in a second. But the three bands that you kind of mentioned, you said Europe. Yo, absolutely. You said Bon Jovi. Yep. And then what was the other one that you said, uh, Sonny? Survivor. Or 80s Whitesnake. Whitesnake. So 
I was trying to build up to that. I didn't get any white steak out of this. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. This this has a lot of the still the night kind of shit that Coverdale does. So after each time he does a, ooh, babe, like those things (laughs) that that he was like, that's the fucking Coverdale shit from instill the night that he does on this in between. It's almost like fucking vocal fills that he does in between all the the lyrics. Uh, It also sounds like wingers can't get enough Uh, Mm. that. And the solo sounds like wingers starting like wingers 17. Um, Throughout this whole album, I'm like, that's winger. That's Europe. That's journey. That survivor, like I, all the things that you mentioned earlier, Sonny, they're very similar and, and they come up throughout. And it's bands that we kind of like and grew up in during that era. So the the chorus is just <laughs> rock your body, rock your body. And then how's it going? The last part, Tom, get a little crazy. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. And let me, let me just say this. And I have and I have this in my notes, too. This is the thing about when I said when I was joking, like settle down. So like when Def Leppard does pour some sugar on me or even when Kiss does read my body. Those are fun songs that have a little bit of tongue in cheek, like they like they're in on the joke. You know what I mean? These guys don't seem like they're in on the joke. They seem very serious. Like they seem like they really want you to rock your body and get a little crazy. (laughs) Like they see, you know what I mean? And, and I'm like, and that's what I'm, I'm like, the European thing where you always yeah. look at the European bands that are like, like, dude, are they, do they realize their dress code is like, like 12 years ago? Like they're just so far behind. It it's, so it, they think that this is still like rock your body. Rock exactly. Your body. And like, yeah. dude, that's not cool right now. That's, that's exactly my point. There's people who are like, wait, these guys are, these guys are serious. What? It's a little. I thought it was going to be Stevie B's "Party Your Body." Remember that? Oh, great song. That's that could be an ARC review. <laughs> Spring love, come back to me. But instead, we got "Rock Your Body," "Rock Your Body." So here's here's my. Go thing ahead, go ahead. Get a little crazy. Think, sorry, sorry. We got to throw it in. That's okay. And I agree with everything you're saying. I think the other piece on the whole Def Leppard and the Kiss argument. You have a ton of other stuff you've heard from them. Great point. So you understand that it's tongue in cheek. Great point. If you don't know all the other heat stuff or all the other clip stuff, and this is the first thing you hear. Yeah. Like if the first kiss song you heard was Read My Body, that's a great point. You don't listen to any more kiss. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> true, but, true. but rock your body is like really like rock, but you know, pour some sugar as you drop a load on me and read your body is like, <laughs> oh, I want to bang you. This is like rock your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. you know, it's not as it's this, the sexual, in, um, you know, innuendo. Uh, there innuendo is, one, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's just like, like somebody that's still wearing like fucking bugle boy jeans yeah. and shit <laughs> in, in, in Europe. That's he's, saying <laughs> he, he's got a bum equipment jacket on <laughs> and I fucking alley gear sneakers. <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing that happens is. It gets lost in translation, right? These guys are trying yeah. to make fun American music, and they're not Americans, right? <laughs> right. So the tongue-in-cheek, whether if they're trying to be tongue-in-cheek with Rocky Bodies, not landing because they're not masters of our language. They might be masters of the England-English language, but they are not masters of the American language. It's yeah. a good point. Yeah, good point. but yep. I will say a couple good things, too, about this is I really like the, the pre-chorus. Yes. 
You're not here to play nice. I like yeah. that. Super so- melodic. Yeah, the solo is melodic as hell. Yep. I really like their solos. They they seem like they're part of the songs. They're not just some guy noodling real quick and then throwing it back into the song. Hmm. It actually works. The melodies are great on these songs. And I do like that bridge they do. Oh, what a night, what a night. I love yeah. that. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of good parts of the song. The vocals are good. The guitar is good. Very poppy. It's you know the 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 thing is a little cheesy, but you can get yeah. over it. So let's go to the second track. So we get to Dangerous Ground. To me, this is the song that probably should have opened the album, right? It's it's a little more punch your face in. Great chorus. This this thing, NASCAR could pick this song up, song up and start using it tomorrow. They just don't know who the hell Heat is, right? But it's got a little bit of Buck Cherry in it because it's got that kind of little bit of a, a punk, straight head kind of faster feel. Again, earworms. So that second verse where Eric says, what's good to me? Then there is a guitar fill is bad for you with a scream at the end, right? Like that, that's somebody going back in after the vocals done and going, all right, whoa, 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 we need a hook here. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And I want you to do this. And I, I think they're manufactured hooks. Who gives a fuck? It works. Right. And uh, Zeus, just like you said, so before the solo, like at 231, there's a little change of pace and then the solo shreds, but it isn't for four minutes. So you kind of get this like, Detroit Rock City feel, then it go, kind of goes to Lynch, then it could go to Mobstein, and then it just kind of ends, right? It's quick. It fits the song. Um, and we're going to talk about Dave a lot, but I really like Dangerous Ground, and I wish it would have opened the album. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, th- this is more what I would prefer to hear from from this band. You know, I, I, I love the car starting sound effect. You know, it's got that really aggressive tempo kicks in great groove great guitars good chorus right off the bat like you're right this should have been the opener you know in this song there's a couple of the songs on here and i think we talked about this last month when you told us that you were picking this album you, a lot of these songs you can visualize them being in on movie soundtracks whether whether like a scene like say a scene so I'm, I'm picturing like a scene from like Rocky when he's like in his Ferrari and he's like all angry because his wife is yelling at him. And he's like, ooh, dangerous ground, motherfuckers. Ooh, <laughs> you know, like, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We love those. We love that music. But 
this song, I think this, this kind of checks off a lot of the boxes that maybe rock your body missed. Um, yeah. And I'm going to say it again. The production is just outstanding. The music really just jumps out of the speakers on this one. And, and this song is, is, does that particularly well. Dangerous ground. This one is written by the lead guitarist, Dave Delone. So I'm like, well, what is this DRC? What's with the fucking thing? And yep. it sounds like the car's not going to make it. So I'm like, he's fucking <laughs> trying to start up a Yugo or something. I don't know what he's doing. Hey, what's, a, what, what's a Swedish car? A Saab? Maybe Saab. that's what he's trying to yeah, start. Like, they don't even Saab. make them anymore. I, don't know. <laughs> I like the little megaphone kind of opening lo- le- uh, vocals. I, yeah. I, I do like shit when bands do that once in a while. But you're right, Tom. I have the big thing is like, I'm like, it's a theme throughout. All these songs seem like 80s soundtrack move, uh, songs. All of them. Everyone. And it's like this. You you said uh, Rocky. For this one, I think this is a little bit more of what you described uh, previously, Tom, as angry gymnastics. Kevin Bacon in Footloose. Yeah, like, there you go. Like, yes. I can't take this town. I need to. I need to. I need to. Get on dangerous ground and do some exactly. angry gymnastics. Everybody around me, just oh, it's dangerous ground here. Ooh, let me have a cigarette and put on my chucks and dance to, next to my beetle. Like, fuck you off. <laughs> but anyways, um, the riff is very 80s. The vocals are fantastic. I like the little guitar fills on this. It's a better chorus. And I also really like when he does that one part in this song. And he says, here I am taking you down he just carries that note for a while oh it's great uh really nice solo again and sonny you talked about it it's those richie sambora fucking def leppard guitar solos melodic great boom right back into the song without missing a beat and say george lynch kind of shit not this fucking boys are gonna rock shit oh what's the matter with that that solo has everything and nothing sounds like that song you it's got nothing to that- do with the, it it's got nothing to do with the song <laughs> no just, you can just, just put that in every one of his songs it's like here's the solo for this or here's another one for that like and nothing to do with the song but yeah. anyways um and the backing vocals are great it's just one of yeah. those dangerous dang- this has a lot of paul stanley shoulder shimmering oh wicked shoulder shake dangerous <laughs> oh my goodness um so let's move on to track number three We finished the pages We swore to never write We went through the stages And left it all behind My wicked dreams, they never seem To get in line with what we've ended We're still pretending We both moved on Moved on till others On and on But I'll complete I never stop 
So if you listen to a ton of Heat catalog, songs like Come Clean, which is next, they dabble. Here's where the synthesizer kind of comes out of the background and they start hitting the Hall of Notes foreigner touch for a minute before they go back to the kind of Europe. Um, these type of songs absolutely blow me away because it completely connects. This is like Hailstorm for me. These type of songs are, feel like they're like pulled right out of my diary and you kind of write it, right? And perfect, you know, we broke up, but I still love you type song. You start to notice how the keyboard and guitar miss is done to whether they're going to be more Bon Jovi on this song or they're going to be more Whitesnake on this song. So you kind of start getting that feeling a little bit. Um, again, you play close attention to what Crash is doing and you kind of get an idea of he's not exactly drum soloing through the whole thing, but every accent he's doing is connected to a well-constructed song. And then Eric's vocal to me is just the right amount of like pain and love in this song. So this could have easily been just slow it down and make it a ballad, but they decided not to do that. So this is a kind of song that I heard in the late 80s where Desmond Child was involved and it was a top 10 hit, right? That's, that's the kind of song that makes me feel like I absolutely love this song. Oh, yeah. This is a standout track. I mean, you got to get past that intro. The intro is really the the keyboard is this is what I was saying about straddling that line between a a fun little enhancement to the song and something kind of taken over the song. The intro is I was like, oh, what is happening here? But when the song kicks into gear, excellent bridge, awesome chorus. His, His vocals are fantastic on this. And the verses are have that have a really nice tempo to them. And the way it kicks in, I think, you know, they're hitting their stride here, you know, after Dangerous Ground. Um, This, to me, is is what I wish more of the album had. And we'll get into that as we continue talking about it. But uh, I think the band is really really hitting it out of the park on this one. They're checking off all those boxes, except for that little intro. Come Clean, Music and Lyrics by Jimmy J, the bass player. And what do we usually say? Oh, man, who let the fucking bass player write the song? But holy shit, that's pretty good. Yep. I'll give him credit. Yeah, it's synth and keyboard heavy. However, I put the same thing in. Uh, Sonny, I, I, I'm, I'm loving it right now. Me and you are hitting the same fucking things. Our influences. And what do you hear when you hear a specific song? The two bands that you kind of mentioned and I mentioned here. This is very Hailstorm Bon Jovi-ish. Yep. Right? You can pick that stuff up. I can easily see this being on one of the albums by Hailstorm. And for me, like I feel like this song, it's not the 80s. It's the it's 95 and on. In the 90s, I could totally picture this song being on the radio and being a hit if somebody did it in the 90s. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. It's a very good pop song and yep. with a little bit of meat behind it. Um, it's uh, the decent solo, the good vocals on this. And this is the first time I'll mention it, but the lyrics now throughout this, the, it seems to me, and it's a running theme. We talk about it being soundtrack type music, but it's, it's always like, let's go, let's fight the system. You know, we're, let's get hungry. Let's do this and stuff. This is a kind of, a very good written breakup type love song. So mm. when I compare this and I listen to uh, previous sunny fucking picks like poison lyrics, <laughs> these guys write better English lyrics and stories 
in songs than Poison. Oh, of course they do. And and they shouldn't, but they do. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, isn't they- going down to Jimmy's Bar and Grill and Razzmatazz. This no, is it's fucking- not. Read these lyrics. The song should be a pop, like a top 40 hit easily. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I listen to this. I'm like Bon Jovi, Hailstorm. This could have been on the radio. It's good. You don't sit there and read these lyrics. And, and it's another one of these bands that Tom really loves, like the Scorpions. Like, and like, these guys don't even know fucking English. It's like they do. You would never think it. if you're reading the lyrics and listening to their songs and somebody covered it. It wasn't going, yeah, we are Scorpions. You wouldn't know <laughs> that the band is from Germany. Like, you wouldn't know this band is from Sweden reading the, hearing the song if, if somebody else did this. And that's fantastic. That's a testament right. to them. Yep. Uh, this is a really good song. And, yep. uh, you know, it, it's con- it's continuing a thread because I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out. I'm like, where's the shit music that I expected to be coming? Because Hold on. there's nothing yet that I'm listening to that I'm like, oh, this is bad. This Hold is- on. This is bottom of ARC shit bad. No, even every song so far, I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. That's a little better. That's a little better. So I'm at this point, Sonny, I'm like, all right, Sonny may have something. Let's see if it continues. So the four song victory. So this happens, and I mentioned it a little bit before, with a lot of the Swedish bands I listen to. I got a feeling they're in the recording studio and somebody says, all right, we need the next soccer anthem. We need to be played in European stadiums where 150,000 can hear us all at once. And you get these like cheesy, big anthemic like huge songs written and this is one of those right it's a little bit of symphonic metal it's a little bit of musical theater there's a lot going on 
right? And it even ends a little bit musical theater. Now, they start it, and it feels like, uh-oh. And then about 30 seconds in, it turns into a melodic rock song. But then when it gets to the chorus, you are absolutely at stadium filling, trying to get people to yell victory. You know, even the synth and the guitar solo and the harmonizing solo, they don't last that long. Eric is screaming at the top of his lungs, hitting crazy notes, as you would if you were one of the people yelling that your guy just made a goal. Like the whole thing is about being in a stadium. I get it. I don't need it. Not from every Swedish act that is out there. But I guess if you're writing songs in Europe, you have no choice. I don't know. This is one of those songs where it took me a while to wrap my head around it. I can tolerate it today, but it isn't one of my favorites. Yeah, the I have here the the, the music again. The band absolutely rips. It, it, it's the the music is fantastic, but my lord, when you hit that chorus, it's like, oof! You just you tr- you're just you're trying way like you're just trying way too hard. I I understand. I I I can appreciate when a band is going for something. When a band writes a song that's specifically meant to be a hit. You know, or in the 80s, it was specifically meant to be a video for MTV to get that. But sometimes when you try so hard and it becomes so transparent what you're doing, it's just like, oh, come on, man. And that's what this is. You know, I get it. That's what they're doing. They're aiming for that that European soccer anthem or whatever. The music sounds great. The band sounds great. His voice sounds great. But, Sonny, you, you pretty much said it. it it's this isn't a song you're going to be like, you guys want to hear this band heat. This, this is not the song you're going to play for anybody to, to expose them to this band. Victory uh, written by the keyboard player, Jonah T and Dave Delone, the guitar player. Yeah. Uh, they are trying to do that uh, thing that propelled Ricky Martin into like the superstardom that he became. <laughs> Remember cup of life. Ole, ole, ole. Yeah. That song? <laughs> yeah. it, it became huge because it became like a FIFA anthem. Yep. This is a FIFA anthem. Uh, decent guitar, very Rocky like type music. Um, he even says though, children of the night. I'm like, it's not the guitar part in this does sound a little children of the night. Children of the night. Yeah. yeah. The verses from white snake 87 until the chorus. <laughs> chorus is brutal. Brutal. It's it's almost a parody. And I could totally picture this being the scene in that fucking claymation team America. Oh, world police team yeah. America, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Like they're getting ready. <laughs> Victory. Like it, it it seems like they they didn't realize that they, they overdid it and it became a parody rather than what they were really aiming for. There's a nice little keyboard breakdown before the solo into a nice solo, of course, because all their solos are pretty good. But yeah, not good. Not good. But Correct. <laughs> let's see if it improves.
gods. All right. So the other thing that seems to be happening in this Swedish recording sessions is somebody says, we need to write the next Marvel supervillain song just in case they need one. This happens often. Um, I love the groove in the verses. I love the start stop at the beginning. Half of the chorus is just like victory almost, but then half of the chorus isn't. So they're almost working out of it, but the pre-chorus in this song is absolutely outstanding. I don't know when the last time you heard indoctrination <laughs> indoctrination in a song. But, no one's you know, using whatever. that lyric in anything that we know. <laughs> That's why I said <laughs> yeah. they write better fucking... Poison could never think of that. They can smell yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the breakdown at 220 works because it's short and, you know, you get the crazy vocal thing at the end. And, of course, you know, uh, D- Dave is straddling the ni- line between noodling and shredding and blues and all that kind of stuff. I think both in Victory and We Are Gods, what they're what they're trying to go after is purposeful. Whether it works or not, we don't know because we don't live in Europe. But they're trying to save it to be a rock song with Eric's voice. It almost makes it there in this song, but I think it still misses. See, I'm so happy that Sonny is, and this is why I love the, the, these episodes. It doesn't matter what the album is. We, we come at it with honesty. So, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. They're trying to do something again, like victory. That's very, very transparent. And it it just, sometimes it's just not working. It doesn't really work here for me. Again, the band sounds great. The groove is something different. We kind of haven't heard this type of song yet on the album, but some of what he's doing vocally is I really like it. Some of what he's doing vocally. I'm like, that's not working. In the chorus and the song title, We Are Gods, it's, again, you're trying too hard. And it's kind of like what I said earlier, is that there's really no, nothing's tongue-in-cheek here. So the fact that this is a serious attempt at something makes it even a little bit more cringy when you listen to it for me. We Are Gods, music and lyrics by Jonah T and Dave DeLone, keyboard and guitar player again. There's a little bit of a weird beginning to this. It's like that song, Stand Up and Shout from Rockstar. Mm, yeah. That's what I picked. It, it's, I mean, he's got a great voice. You can yes. pick that up. That's, the chorus is just terrible again. Um, you know, we are gods of the universe. No, you're not. You're not. You're just not. <laughs> it, it's, you're not. You Relax. Know. Yeah, exactly. If anybody needs to settle down, is this. We are gods. Settle the fuck down. That's what I'm and, saying. There's and, a lot of settle down here. And, br- and bring your fucking expectations of yourselves a little a little back to reality here. But anyways, the breakdown before the solo is very psycho circus journey of a thousand years. Did you get That's that? That's not a compliment, by the way. <laughs> that I is actually, not a compliment, people. I actually like that breakdown of journey of a thousand years. But that it's you can pick that up. Uh, and they did the they did a uh, typical eighties move. The whole drums and vocalists with the shot through the heart. They yeah. did there's a we yep ah uh, God. Yeah, um, I think the I think we said enough on this one. Let's get some fucking adrenaline, Tom.
So we get to adrenaline. Now, one of the things that these guys, these Swedish bands, especially that are trying to shoot for the 80s, that mid-80s sound, they got the whoa, whoa, woes. Oh, my God. They can put that anywhere and create a hook. Eclipse is great at it. Crazy Licks is great at it. Nestor is great at it. Like, there are bands that really have figured that out. And that beginning hooked me immediately. Then you get to fly away, fly away. Uh, Just absolutely outstanding. Now, you don't know this unless you're a Heat fan, right? But what they'll do for the fans is put in cool stuff in their lyrics. So in the first pre-chorus, they talk about Into the Great Unknown. That was the name of an album. In the second pre-chorus, in the same spot, they write Address the Nation. That was also a prior album. Okay. So this is just a nod kind of to the fans. I absolutely love the pre-chorus and chorus in this song. It is written so well. And then to scream at the end, let the fire burn to end the song. Dude, I absolutely love this song. After the last two songs, this thing is damn chocolate cake, dude. Yeah, they're, they're getting back on track here with this. Uh, th- this is what they need to stick with. This is the kind of song that they, this is the kind of song that they excel at. You know, it's like, like you said, Sonny, it's got that hooky kind of stadium chant kind of intro that grabs you right away that you're into something. It's got a great groove. Again, the the riff and the tempo of the song. Uh, the chorus is a little bit eh. It, it, it's, I, to me, I think it kind of breaks up the the pace that you have with the with the with the verses um but i get it. it it kicks back into gear but i think this is this is another standout track and it's a really good recovery from the uh the two duds that we just had back to back but th- this is what they're good at this type of song here for sure adrenaline written by jonah t the, i when i first heard this i'm like holy shit sounds very similar to uh separate ways journey like yes uh, another soundtrack. I figured this would be on either Karate Kid, Rocky, or Vision Quest. Oh yeah, Vision Quest, baby. Uh, adrenaline, adrenaline. Maybe it's when Danielson is running away from Cobra Kai when they chucked his bike down the fucking stupid hill. Stupid bike! <laughs> I hate the stupid bike. And they beat the shit out of him. Like, like your car, Mrs. Larusso. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> Yeah, the backing vocals, uh, Sonny, the whoa, 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 shit. Um, and then my uh, adrenaline, adrenaline, and burning like a medicine, medicine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is kind of catchy, though. Uh, I just think the chorus is a little bad. And again, the solo on this is uh, really nice, too.
one by one. So similar to the last chorus, um, and they do this in uh, not a, quite a few songs, and you hear it every once in a while. It's a hook thing, right? So that whole thing, my adrenaline, adrenaline, right? This one goes one, one by one. So it's the yeah. repeat of the word that's trying to create a hook. Um, this song, to me, gets you moving in your chair. I mean, it's anthemic. That whole message behind drawing blood from a stone or soon they will sing this song. It's all the song is all about getting people back into melodic music, uh, melodic rock music one by one. That's what the song is about. Uh, I love the chorus. You get the crazy noodling at the beginning of the solo. Then you get the start stop a couple of times and it goes into a melodic solo. So Dave plays that off great. And then you get this build back up to the chorus after the solo. The song ends well. This is really well written. So then when you start thinking about, God, these are the same guys that wrote Victory and We Are Gods. Like, maybe you just knocked those two songs off the album and we're better off. Because this is another great song. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the, the standout. Great intro. Great uh, great riff that's kind of carrying the song. I love the little bridge, the little uh, kind of call and answer thing you got going on there right into the chorus, which sounds great. Again, they're getting back on their feet, recovering from those two duds that we keep talking about. But this shows their strength. This shows what they can do. And I think sometimes they're guilty of trying to do everything well when they should be sticking to what they do really well. And I think it's a song like this, that it's got that great intro. It's got a great groove. His vocals sound fantastic. You got that really melodic bridge. Um, you know, a, a solo. I think this this is a standout track for sure. One by one, written by Jonah T, Dave Delone, and Eric Gronwell, the singer, gets in on the act. Uh, another 80s soundtrack. This time I feel like this one's off of Legend of Billy Jean. That's a great movie. Oh, Helen Slater used to be hot. Invincible, Pat Benatar. Yeah, that's she, from yeah. Uh, Helen Slater, she was the original Supergirl, remember? That's that's right, dude. Mm-hmm. Sure do, yes. Uh, some, some good fucking Supergirl porn you can find on on uh, the internet, too. I, I, I know about that. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, from what I heard. Yeah. I, I, I know not what you speak I, I, of. I, 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 <laughs> well, one, one by one, <laughs> you should. And the whoa pre-chorus, that's pretty cool. And into the decent chorus, I put. Uh, the guitar solo in this is a little bit different this time. And it's interesting. It's not like the previous ones. Um, and then after the breakdown, there's some sort of like spoken words. Do you know what you're saying there? Not a clue. I tried to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. And then back into the chorus. It's a good song. Uh, again, um, you listen to these songs and you like, there's nothing about it who either the guitar or the singing or the drumming or anything, the production that you're like, Oh man, this is fucking terrible. Everything works. It, it Now you're starting to get to a point where you like, know what you're going to expect coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting to a groove. Let's see if it uh, will stay there with the next track. I don't feel it, I don't need it I'm awake in this hollow shell Come and read me, I'm not 
not deceiving Catching my breath from this living hell Whenever I close my eyes You're there Stuck on repeat inside my head Nothing to say. So if you're going to go after the the 80 sound, you're going to have to have a ballad, right? And here's where Eric shows the dynamics of his voice because everything doesn't have to be screaming. Eric does a bunch of covers online. So if you go check out Eric Gronwall, his YouTube, you'll see that he can do kind of all kinds of music. That whole line, and I can remember yesterday, dude, that was in my head for like two days straight. I kept humming it over and over and over. There is, there's something about how that line is saying and that, oh, and then the synth goes, dan, 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 oh, it seems so simple, but it is so catchy for a slower paced song. It's written really well. All that being said, I didn't like the way the song ended. I wish that the ending would have been like some sort of like soaring emotion or something I don't know. It just needed to build to something. It kind of just ended flat for me. So I, I like the whole song, except for like when it kind of comes to the end. Yeah, th- this is a song where the the stuff that's good in it is good, and the stuff that's bad is bad. And the first right off the bat is that that intro when you first you're like, oof. The, I get that you like your synth, but yeesh, that that's a little too much right there for me as an intro. Eric sounds great. Um, it's got a nice melody. The chorus. Way too much synth for me here, and that that part where he's doing the oh, I know at the beginning when it's just him and and the synth kind of accompanying it, it's ah, it doesn't work. When the song picks up a little bit more, and the music is kind of backing him as he is showing his chops vocally, you know, a little bit of a different tone. I, I just think there's too many things wrong with this song for me to have it kind of overcome the things that I, that I think are good on the song. It's just, it's too much all over the place for me in terms of the melody and the vocal that it's, it, there's too much going on there for me to really be a fan of this one. Nothing to say written by Jonah T and Dave Dolan. I think this is a great song. 
Uh, it's right here next to you by Richard Marks, which is probably why I thought Sonny would really love this song. Oh, maybe that's uh, why I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Or maybe why Tom wouldn't like this song. Yeah. Uh, the vocals are great. Uh, you know, it's very kind of bad English-ish. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, even the lyrics are pretty good. How can you love me with nothing to say? Uh, leave me with nothing to say. It, it's a it's a good ballad. I think it's solid. The production's great. And the vocals really carry this tune. It's uh, something that does stick with you, though, Sonny, like, when you hear, for me, it's very difficult when I hear a new band and you get an album that you guys give me that I don't own, never heard, to play all the songs and be like, they're, not, they're all bleeding into each other. I can't remember what fucking song was what. So, all right, I catch the chorus, but how did the beginning of it go? How did this go? Like, this one, I kind of stood out and I remembered this one. So I'm, I'm really fond of this song. It's a, it's a very good song. Uh, let's go to the next one. must of one an angel so here's where to me anyway the synth riff i really like and there's enough guitar piercing through it to keep the rockers interested um man i i was listening to this the other day i'm like oh my god i can hear lou graham singing this song oh mm-hmm. my god this could have been a foreigner song and this would have been a top 10 hit in the late 80s if this is lou graham singing it so I'm always talking earworms. I'm going to go talk about a specific one here. In the second verse, he says, I have to understand. Then you get a voice joining them that says that nothing lasts forever. Then Dave does a guitar fill underneath the Lex line that ends with Eric yelling a O. Oh. I'm telling you that that earworm is most likely super constructed, but it's very, very unique. And this mm-hmm. is a kind of stuff that the Swedish guys are doing to keep you interested if you like that bang zone of music that we love so much. Um, no guitar solo, didn't need one. Dave's doing some noodling on the uh, 
on the way out, but this is a bona fide hit in the late 80s to me. Yeah, we share a lot of the same sentiments. One of my one of my notes here is would have been huge in the 80s. That's what I have written down. My other note that I have written down here is the song title is ridiculous. (laughs) 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 But that being said, it's a great song. It's it really is. It's got a wonderful groove to it. The verses are terrific. The chorus melody is great. His voice sounds great. It, like you said, if Foreigner is singing this or uh, another band like that, you know, another melodic rock band, you know, we mentioned Survivor. This has hit written all over it. Uh, it's funny throughout this album how they're kind of going up and down. They're like, oh, God, this song is a train wreck, what they're trying to do. And then you're like, holy shit, this song could have been huge. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're trying. They're trying. Um, but yeah, standout track. But my God, that song title. This is just as bad as bad English with heaven as a full letter word. Enough with the heaven. Heaven's on fire. That's it. That's all I want to hear. Well, you can imagine, right? They're sitting and they're going, all right, what's, what's going to be the title of the song? Well, we can name it heaven. You mean like Warrant? Yeah. Like Brian Adams? Oh, we can name him Angel. Well, you mean like Aerosmith? Yeah. All right. It's like, well, just put the whole line in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. But it's a, it's a very good. It's a good tune. Heaven Must Have Won an Angel, written by Jonah T. and David DeLone. Uh, very keyboard Europe-type opening. But it's a, like a mid-tempo Bon Jovi song, and it sounds just like Bon Jovi's Only the Lonely from 7800 Fahrenheit. If you mm. remember that song, Only the uh, Yeah, very similar to that. And maybe that's why I like the chorus on this. Because it's that fucking song. Yep. Um, I like the song when the guitar jumps in over the keyboards. Because when you're hearing too much keyboards in the beginning and then the guitar picks up and it overlaps, I think that makes it better and being instead of being too popish. The, the there's really good backing vocals on this into a really nice, decent, quick solo and a little keyboard breakdown. But I think this is a very good track. I don't know. The title doesn't bother me that much. I just thought they could have worded the phrase a little differently. Heaven must have gained an angel. Too many words. Yeah. Gained an angel. Won an angel. Where they fight somebody for it. Like, yeah, we are gods. Victory. (laughs) We are gods. They want to, they want an angel. (laughs) That's it. All right. Let's go to uh, the uh, side two of animal eyes.
So when I first saw that there was an under the gun on the album, I thought it was a cover, right? Because these guys are Kiss fans. And I'm like, holy fuck, they're doing under the gun. Boy, yeah, were not you disappointed. I was disappointed. <laughs> so after the 20 seconds of buildup you get, you know, you kind of go into this groove type riff. Okay, there's no issue. But then you get a sister song, Victory, that actually doesn't come off as well as Victory does. You got Eric trying to save it with some crazy notes. Got him a, a lot of guitar solo to a shredding guitar solo to harmonizing that tries to save it a bit, but I would rather have a sister song to Adrenaline versus Victory. Yeah, very well said. This song is just the the groove of the chorus. Excuse me, the groove of the verses is just they're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. No, 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 no. It's just like that's not what I. We, we say this a lot when we talk about these albums. Like, it's not what I want from that band. Okay, I don't know a lot about Heat. But so far through the songs on this album that I do like, this is not what I want from, from Heat. It, it's just another attempt at trying to do something different, and they're not doing it well. The synth is overpowering in this particular song. It's got a good solo. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather hit the highway doing 69 on Animal Eyes. So... Under the Gun, written by Jonah T and Dave DeLone. Um, love gun drums in the opening into mm-hmm. a funky little guitar riff. I think this is good. It works for me. I love it. I okay. think this is funky. Uh, I like his singing. Uh, the chorus is very good. Uh, it's a really good solo on this one as well. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Sister song, a little bit of victory. The chorus is in the title is, is just so much better. Um, you know, you don't think under the gun is some cheesy soccer stadium anthem. Uh, but I, I think I think the song works, uh, you know, and it's uh, something I didn't expect because I wasn't sure what I was going to get with under the gun. Um, but, yeah, I'm a fan of this one. Let's go to the end. Final track.
So rise. Now, we made a little bit of fun of victory and we are gods and we're trying to, you know, write this anthemic soccer stadium type song. Dude, this one works. If you're going to write it like this, then you got something. And the first line of the lyrics is the best lyric line of probably 2020. I've decided to be forever free of your lies. Dude, I'm going to use that the rest of my life. That'll be the, the line I say when I get divorced next. Or, dude, I'm just, that is unbelievable, <laughs> right? And this is the kind of soccer stadium anthem that's like, let's go kill them and set this place on fire in the process and kill just everybody all at once, right? The buildup. I love that the buildup was only 20 seconds at the beginning of the song. Then you hit the big note, the pre-chorus is outstanding, the call and answer type chorus, the earworm here. Dude, at 142, everybody hitting the same note after the first line of the second verse, That's that earworm, you, you can't get better than that. The song just makes you want to just pump your fist. Perfect end to the album. Like if you were, you don't need victory or we are gods. You got rise. You could just dump the other two. I totally agree. Great way to end the album. If you're going to do a stadium style participation, you know, pump up jam here, this is it. It's got that synth intro that kind of, I'm just like, ah, again with this. But the music <laughs> rips uh, the chorus. It's got that big, powerful stadium style chorus. This is, you said it perfectly. This is well done where they really screwed up with victory. They corrected themselves on Rise. It's a powerful tune, and it's a really great way to end the album because nothing's worse than when an album ends on a thud, and this album does not end on a thud with Rise. Rise, written by Jonah T. and Dave DeLone. We rise! (laughs) That Rise, can you imagine? That's probably like 100 vocal tracks. it's It's so layered, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 80s soundtrack at its best. Totally. And move over, raise your glasses. I've got a new high school hockey football team championship video song. This song fucking rocks. So this is one of the reasons why I love doing this show. Never in a million years would I ever have come into this song. I just wouldn't have. And the fact that now this song is in my catalog. I will be forever grateful to you, Mr. Sonny Pooney, for introducing me to this. It fucking rocks. Its song is awesome. Uh, this and Hailstorm and Liz uh, Lizzie Hale's ass in the first album. Not, not so much lately. But regardless, the chorus, this is like melody at its best. Mm-hmm. The pre-chorus, sooner or later, you will burn. Oh, my God. Well done. Oh, it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> we are the sign in the northern sky. Oh. Settle, settle down, Eric. It works. It works. I want to go to Sweden and fight the fucking Finns right now. Woo! Like, holy shit. This song is awesome. Wow. So, yeah. Spoiler alert for Zeus's rankings. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to land. But what a way 
to end an album. I think they should have done it backwards. This should have started the album. Because if you heard this in the beginning, you'd be like, holy fuck. Um, Great way to end the album. Anyway, um, that's Heat 2. Final thoughts? Sonny. All right, so my final thoughts are going to go in a couple of different places since we're talking about a new band, so just follow me here. I was thinking about this whole question, is rock dead? And to me, that's really three questions, right? One is, will there ever be another rock star like as big as a Freddie Mercury, Robert Plant, Gene Simmons, Stephen Tyler? That's a no. Second question, will there ever be another Zeppelin, Stones, Kiss, The Who? That's a big fat no. That's not going to happen. Is there still rock music out there that's awesome to listen to that you can get excited about? That's a big yes for me. But the problem is you got to have time and you got to be willing to give it a chance. So one of the reasons I love doing the podcast is it's another way for me to find new music. So what I would encourage the listeners to do is if you just don't have time for new music, you just got to connect with somebody that has a similar taste to you that does have the time for new music that can put it in front of you that you might like. Tony does a lot that for me. Uh, the podcast in itself does that, that a lot for me. So if you can find that, then that'll definitely get um, you kind of interested in some of the new music. I'll tell you, European bands. If you like power metal, go check out New Horizon. If you like symphonic metal, go check out Amaranth, The Battle Beast. If you like melodic rock, Heat, Eclipse, Crazy Licks. If you like more of the survivor type rock, go check out Nestor. Like there are plenty of bands to go check out, but I'll tell you somebody like Heat. I mean, who knew in my fifties, I find a band that I absolutely fucking love that I wish would have been in my catalog for the whole life. And it's one of my top 20 bands of all time because I listen to Heat and Eclipse constantly. I, they check all the boxes for me. I love this band. Yeah, I don't think rock is dead. I think, like you said, it's just hard to find the time. Um, you know, I've mentioned this before that I, one of the reasons that I continue my subscription to Sirius XM is not necessarily because I listen to it often. Uh, it's because when I do listen to it, there's a ton of stuff I find where I'm, where I'm like, oh, I didn't, I don't, I, I don't know who this band is. And I'll just throw on, you know, like Sonny, sometimes you say when you go to Spotify, you know, top hits. I'll open up Apple, I subscribe to Apple Music, I'll do the same thing throw a couple songs in there. I'm like, holy shit. You know, that's kind of what happened with Chevelle 20 years ago. I own every single one of their albums. I've seen them in concert. I try to follow them around as much as I can, but of course they're not coming around here really anytime soon. They're playing with corn who I'm not going to see. Um, But there are bands. The music is out there. It's just, you have to have the time and the energy and the patience to do it. And obviously we're, we're, you know, we don't have that kind of time that we used to. And not to mention too, there's so much out there. When we were growing up, you had the radio and MTV. That was it. So you had no choice but to like Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. You had no choice but to like Appetite for Destruction. Now you have to go out and seek things, and that's difficult. Um, so, yeah, but your other points, yeah, those, those, those iconic front men, legendary bands, no. But back to Heat. It's an interesting band. There's a, uh, The Swedish sound is really not something that I kind of go, go towards. Um, you know, with the synth and some of the, not really symphonic, but that's the quote unquote, like super melodic stuff that kind of gets carried away. You know, we've kind of joked about, you know, settle down kind of stuff with this album. Um, but with this particular album, you know, they're trying to do everything, I think, 
and they do a lot of it very well. But when they swing and miss, the misses are really, really big. And that's to me that that hurts the album from being like a for me, an excellent album. You know, we've talked about those, but the things that they do well, they do very well. The things that they don't do well, they're poorly done for for me. Um, But I will say this. I'm thrilled that Sonny picked this for multiple reasons. It exposed me to a band that I know that he loves and it kicked open the door on album review crew. We had kind of pushed it a little bit with the Eagles. We had kind of pushed it a little bit more with Prince and Purple Rain. Now the door is wide open. Now the album does not have to be a platinum album or a, or a, a million album, you know, million seller or a gold album. Now we're just going to, you know, we can have fun now. But no, that that's that's where I'm with this. So Zeus. All right. So a couple things I want to talk about with Sonny uh, brought up, and I think this is, um, you know, this it's funny because I I would love to have a long time, like a long uh, available time to discuss this, and it, maybe it's a maybe it's a it's going to be a a live cast episode for us that we all talk about new music and all that stuff, and uh, the easier thing for us. How did we find? Like, I remember when I first heard Talk Dirty to Me, I'm like, oh, my God, this is different. Right. Or I saw fucking the newest track uh, by whatever new band that's just now going to be when Guns N' Roses first came out. Because we could centralize all our music and what was going to hit the radio by going to MTV. And then for our specific taste, we could go to Headbangers Ball. And then you would see what's coming you. And then hopefully something that you liked on Headbangers Ball would end up on the countdown. And then that you got exposed to that. And those guys became rock stars. I'm with you on this, Sonny, that, you know, will those guys become, will rock star emerge? I don't know. I would like to think so, that rock will come back because somebody will be crazy and outrageous. It's going to need to be like a, a Guns N' Roses type of attitude that can come in with great music and talent and just be an outrageous character. And then somebody has got balls, somebody be different and like give a middle finger to what's going on in the world. Hey, fucking hair metal did it for a while. Classic rock did it for a while. Grunge came over and took over the scenes. Those were the dominant music traits. I mean, even just look back though, everyone puts up those, you know, oh, previous uh, billboard charts. They're all rock shit. And now it's all gone. Yeah. Don't tell me that people that rock can't come back. But the problem is, it's just these aren't going to become like the dominant pop culture fucking music until somebody strikes it big. Because there is nothing out there right now that I can think of that's dominating Billboard charts as a rock band. Like, I don't know what what would go top 10. The only band, band. The, the only Cold band play. And the I'm only band, right, the, the only band right now, we say this before, the only band right now that could drop a new album right now and have it be and probably have it go platinum fairly quickly would be the Foo Fighters or Metallica. And those bands have been okay. around. But I'm saying the last 15, 20 years. No, nope, nobody. nobody. Coldplay, maybe, would maybe it, no. the 15, maybe depending on if they released a track from it, maybe a band like Avenged Sevenfold because they're metal, but they have. Uh, a, a more of a user friendly sound. They have like a, but but even then, that that's it. I can't really think of anybody. Yeah, Again. closest you're going to get to rock that can do that is probably Imagine Dragons, and that's not rock to. Yeah, them. and that's not rock to us. You know, it's considered rock to some people, but it's not really. But 
until you get a rock star, somebody right. that kids want to emulate and get to know and find out about it. And Gene is right. I hate to say it. It's the rappers that people are all in pop culture. That's all they want to hear about all the adventures, all the trouble they're getting into, who they're banging, all that shit. Till rock star starts doing it, rock is going to be delegated to us diehards. And the bigger thing about Mitch. Yeah. And the thing about the rock star too, Zeus, is that you need a rock star to come along that is believable, that is that is organic, not a rock star who's trying to be Robert Plant or trying to be Paul Stanley. Somebody who comes out and is like, that guy has stage presence. That guy has the ability to capture the crowd. It's out there. It's just going to be really hard to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But overall, Sonny, um, the thing about you picking this band, I like it. I like that this is like a gateway to a genre of music that I wouldn't have gotten into. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a newer band that you got me into because it is too fucking hard to get into new music. I have tons of old music that I still, I have a gazillion CDs back there. You know how many of them I want to get into that I never got a chance to. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to buy something, put on the radio and hope to something that comes on that I like when I've got music that I know and artists that I know, but I don't know all their catalog. And I've already liked their stuff, so I probably will like theirs more. The only way it happens is when Sonny sends me Hailstorm. Sonny sends me Heat. And Jay, the other day, had this con. Jay from the Hook Rocks had this conversation with me. And we're going back and forth. And he's like, I know what you like. Just try it and tell me if you like this. And he sent me a song by Goodbye June. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I, I liked it. I like I like the southern like rock and kind of like those vocals. I liked it. Um, it was a song called Three Chords. Now, I fell asleep to it because I listened to the album. It was late night. I fell asleep to it. I woke up. It was on Spotify, which I hate to fucking listen to because I feel like I'm robbing the artist. So if I like something from a Spotify thing, then I'll buy the CD and I'll stop listening to the thing on Spotify and I'll buy the CD. Um I woke up and something was playing. I'm like, this doesn't sound like them, but this is fucking a good song. What is this? And I found this band, which you guys probably know. It's called The Record Company. Nope. Never heard of them. And it's a song called Never Leave You. And I'm like, this song fucking kicks ass. Holy shit. And then I found the album that it just came off of. And I played the album. And I'm like, every fucking song is like a great hook. It's like a little R.E.M. and the little thing. but. His bands are out there because one person gave me one thing and I went to that. That's right. I can do that. That I will do, but I'm not listening to fucking new shit radio fucking playing 40 songs. And I like maybe two of them. Right. I'm not doing that. So um, especially when you have a podcast and you have to shit, I got to review fucking heat. Never even heard of them. And I got to hear all these 15 songs and learn them before we record. So I think that this is a, a great gateway. I appreciate Sonny picking this. And we always love to bust balls and, and be coy with each other. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the shortest episode. <laughs> of course, it's not. But never. It never is. Yeah. Nope. But uh, yeah, that's a great way. Let's get into the uh, ranking the tracks. All right, Sonny, number 11. Number 11 for me. We are gods. Oh, wow. We're going to be all over the place here of the universe. <laughs> Number 11 for me. I'll be honest with you. It was tough to pick 
the bot because I said this earlier. There's a lot they, they did a lot of things great on this album and a lot of things not great. But for me, I couldn't get past some of the sections of I know you love I know you guys love this song, especially Zeus. I'm sorry, but nothing to say is number eleven. Oh, it's a good song. It's your possession. Like I, oh. Sonny loved that song. I'm like, this is love the worst ballad. It's so cheesy. Um, number eleven for me is victory. Mm. Okay, ten for me. It shouldn't have opened the album. <gasps> I'm not going to rock my body. I'm sorry. <laughs> the chorus is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. No, number ten for me is victory. Uh, number ten for me is we are God. <laughs> number nine for me. I'm going to go with under the gun. I didn't like that song really that, that much. That's my number nine. You guys are wrong. Wrong. Uh, number nine for me is my adrenaline. That's number nine? Adrenaline. Wow. 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 My number eight. I just didn't like the way it ended. I liked the song, but I didn't like the way it ended. Nothing to say. Number eight. We are not gods <laughs> we are a swedish band that sold 30 records <laughs> <laughs> this is like jimmy j every time we talk about him it's the 80 pounds that wolf lost and every yeah. time we talk about how many records these guys sold we add five <laughs> uh number eight for me uh, party your body <laughs> that's a great song uh, a seven for me was victory Seven for me is rock your body. I am not getting a little crazy at all. So I don't care what you tell me. Rock your body, rock your body. Get a little crazy. <laughs> That's our rough boy. Oh, yeah. Rough boy. Um, number seven. Uh, one, one by one. Wow. All right, so my top six of this album for me overall, I'm I'm with Tom. The the songs I love, I absolutely love. The songs mm-hmm. I don't like, I won't listen to much. Mm-hmm. And the top six, I listen to constantly. But my six is Heaven Must Have Won an Angel. Six for me is Adrenaline. You can't say wow. that without singing it, Tom. My adrenaline. Is that a new rule? We have to sing the title now? And we because do all like- their song titles are like, you, they're the earworms. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so yours is adrenaline number six. Uh, number six for me is uh, under the gun. Under the gun. Oh, that's the good. That's the good under the gun. Oh, you hate that. Uh, That's fast kiss. Now I like it, though, compared to this one. <laughs> My number five, Dangerous Ground. My number five is Heaven is a four-letter angel or whatever the fucking title of this song. Yeah. Heaven must have won me a something or other. Big, it's a, it's big, a good Big fan of the song, are you, Tom? <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good song, but that's like the worst song title ever. <laughs> uh, number five for me. Uh, is uh, Dangerous Ground. Wait, what is it? Running on Dangerous, Dangerous Ground. Correct. <laughs> Gotta do shoulder See, shake. The, the repeat of the word. 
it, exactly. It just so, to make sure people understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number four is We Rise. Oh wow! Okay, fully erected. Four, my, <laughs> <laughs> my number four is Dangerous Ground. I'm not singing it because Zeus just did. You can do the shoulder shake though. <laughs> uh, four for me is nothing to say. Oh. My number three is one by one. Three for me is rise. You guys are insane. Um, number three, uh, heaven must have won an angel. My number two is adrenaline. Adrenaline. Mm. I don't know why you guys don't like that. So that song is awesome. Number two, come clean. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> Sound like Arnold. Come clean. You must come clean with the heat. You the a, the give, me, give me an H. Give me an E. Give me an A and a T. It spells heat. Come clean. You're the one who ate the cookie. <laughs> uh, number two for me is come clean. Mm. So that makes my number one come clean. And that makes my number one one by one. One. One by one. Number one, and by far the best song, and you guys are all insane, and one of the better songs that we've reviewed in a while is Rise. Wow. Zeus, very emphatic about his love for that. That's right. Woof. We're the northern sky, Tom. That's true. We have a tie for number four between Dangerous Ground and Heaven Must Have Won an Angel. Our number three collective was one by one. Two was Rise, and one was Come Clean. Wow. Okay. Good way. Well, yep. now we get into the actual album and we review that against previous albums. We start first with the album covers. Yes. Yes. Uh, I will read off all the albums that we've done so far. So for any new listeners out there mm-hmm. uh, in chronological order of what we have done. Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Residence, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, Purple Rain, and Heat. Sonny, what do you got for your album cover here for Heat? So my top five right now, I got Once Bitten at five, Hotel California at four, Purple Rain at three, Slide It In at two, and Peace of Mind one. Um, I like the I like the cover, you know, but it is really just the logo. So I put it at number eighteen, um, right above Detonator because that album cover album period sucks, and uh, right behind Pat, Bad English. So number eighteen for me. Okay. Uh, so my top five for rankings, my number five is Appetite for Destruction, four, Peace of Mind, three, Highway to Hell, two, Blizzard of Oz, and one, Purple Rain. Uh, the Heat logo, I'm looking at the rankings here. It's, it's kind of reminiscent of what's going on with the Mechanical Residence logo, you know, kind of the, the, the metal and the sparks and stuff. Uh, it's a good logo. Uh, I'm actually going to put it at 15. I'm going to put it below Hailstorm and above the Women of Poison. Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
I had number five for me, slide it in for peace of mind. Uh, three, Appetite for Destruction. Two, Blizzard of Oz. Number one, I have Hotel California. Heat two is going to go right under Shout at the Devil at number 14 and above Mechanical Resonance. I think it's a better album cover, but it's go. very similar to Mechanical Resonance. Yeah. Yep. So let's go to the best part. And that is we're going to rank the album versus all the other albums. Sunny. So for me, top five right now, Mechanica Resonance is five, Appetites four, Slided In's three, Hailstorms two, Purple Rain's one. So, you know, think about the albums we've done. I mean, stuff like Shout and OU812 and Highway to Hell and Bon Jovi, like some of these, they've been there my whole life, right? So it's, it's tough to rate this album within the mix of the others. So what I always do is I just go, all right, what songs do I like? What songs don't I like? Go do the math on our major spreadsheet. And he came in at a number 11. Ooh. So it's right above peace of mind, right below bad English. So yes, I have heat better than slave and highway to hell and shout at the devil and Damn. blizzard of Oz. And you guys can suck it. Wow. Woo. Okay. Well, apparently you think you are a God. So, okay. You've been listening to this album too much. <laughs> All right. My albums, my top five, Number five, single soundtrack, four, Mechanical Resonance, three, ten, two, Shout at the Devil, one, Purple Rain. Uh, the streak ends here of consecutive new number ones. I can tell <laughs> you, you that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, this album, it, it you know, we've talked about it. It's got its ups and downs, its goods and bads. Um, but it's a, it's a, if this makes any sense, it's a pleasant sounding album. You know, it's not like an intrusive album where it's like, ah. You know, if you if I'm going for a run or something, this is actually a fantastic album to go running with as a soundtrack. It's really good. Uh, but that being said, I'm going to put it again. Sonny said it. We're we're reviewing some of the most iconic albums of our lives. Um, this is going to go at number 22 for me. It's going to go below OU812 and above Down to Earth. 22 out of 28 for me. Okay. All right, for me, my top five, Back for the Attack at five, Appetite at four, Pyromania at three, Blizzard of Oz two, Hotel California is number one. Uh, where am I putting heat? I am putting heat um, at 24, above Odyssey, below Ooh. Hailstorm. And every time I look at this, I'm like, how the fuck do I have this album here? I, like, I, I should have changed that. Well, it's uh, funny that you say that because I always bring that up if we had a mulligan. Because you remember, we're ranking these at the time right now. So yes. in like two months, I might be like, well, Heat should be higher than this because I've been listening to it since we did the episode. But that's why the, the, when you look at the rankings, sometimes you're like, what the fuck? How is that there? Yeah, I would have put Hailstorm much higher. Yeah, uh, I would probably drop Bad English a little more and Purple Rain a little more. Um, but... It, it's you know it's the time of when we actually listen to it that's where we put it so yeah that's uh that's heat two electric boogaloo so let's go to this
So, Sonny, what makes you rock hard? You mean fully erected? Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. So, I chose an interesting one today. Because every time I type heat, the band doesn't come up. The movie does. And yes. I'm like, you know what? I absolutely oh, love that movie. Great call. I oh. love that movie. So if you haven't seen the movie Heat from 1995, it's, uh, it's a bust watch. It's basically cops and robbers turned to 11. You know, Pacino's the good guy. De Niro and Kilmer are the bad guys. Um, this movie is actually based on a real story that happened in the 60s. Michael Mann, who's a writer and director, wrote it in 79, pitched it to TV, made a TV movie that flopped, and then went to the big motion pictures with it with these actors. I mean, Pacino, De Niro, Kilmer, John Voight, Ashley Judd, Jeremy Piven. I mean, it's Tom Sizemore, big, big names. God damn, this is a good movie. When was the last time you guys saw this movie? It's been a while, but the movie's fucking legendary. Oh, man. Legendary. About a month ago, it was on somewhere, and I watched. You know, when you get in, when that's on, you stop and watch it, right? Yes, you. Yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. And and brother, you're going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so good. Well, well, you know, the flip side to that too. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. For me, it's better than Goodfellas. Oh, better that's insane. Goodfellas. That's insane. That you that you need that. That's insane. Yeah, so I, like think, I think I think I like Goodfellas, but I think Goodfellas is way overrated. That's also everyone. insane. I, I'm sorry, Ray Liotta is to me is like, oh my god, I just I don't like it. I don't like it. If it and it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't even come close to The Godfather. I'm sorry, but everyone has Goodfellas as like different like kind of movie. Greatest, yeah, The Godfather yeah, is yeah, on a, yeah. is on it's his own. Not island. the well, hates The Godfather, so yeah. here we go. Dude, I write, I write Donnie Brasco better than fucking Goodfellas. I, I love Donnie Brasco. I love oh, that movie too. But Zeus, Goodfellas or Heat? Heat. Yeah. Oh my God. What is happening to this world, brother? <laughs> Show me. Show me. And he's flipping out at fucking Tone Loke and the other guys. God damn yep. Tone Loke is in that movie. That doesn't yep. make it good. He's also in Ace Ventura. Henry Rollins is in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he gets his fucking good. head beaded, man. Yeah. All right. For me, this is this is an easy one for me. Cause I, I, I was, uh, you know, talking about it on my social media. Uh, the new Batman movie simply called The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Uh, it's my favorite Batman movie. And Robert Pattinson is my favorite Batman. Now, this comes from this comes from somebody who has been obsessed with The Dark Knight, which if we're talking overrated movies, I'm going to say it right now. Heath Ledger carries the legend of the Dark Knight. The movie's great. Don't get me wrong. It's a fucking amazing movie. Christian Bale's good. Heath Ledger is great. I'm sorry. The way the story is told in The Batman with Robert Pattinson, it's like a crime thriller mystery. I saw it with my son. He even said it too. And then we read it about it in some other reviews. It's almost like watching like a Zodiac killer type of movie because there's an actual legitimate plot to it. And it's an engrossing plot. The acting is fantastic. Robert Pattinson is great. The writing, the action sequences. I used to think the best car chase scene I've ever seen was the car chase in The Dark Knight. Well, the car chase in The Batman is fucking better than the one in The Dark Knight. It's got some of the most unbelievable action set pieces you've ever seen in a movie. So for those people like, oh, I don't like superhero movies. You do not have to like superhero movies. You don't even have to like Batman. 
go see this movie. And I am somebody who has very, very big, like ADD with a movie where I have to like pause it and look at my phone or go upstairs, go to the bathroom. This was a, (laughs) this was a, this movie was three hours long. My son and I didn't move for the entire three hours. Go see it. The Batman go to him. Exactly. Uh, The best car chase ever is in gone in 60 seconds. Never saw it. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Never saw it. But then you have the best shootout kind of car scene. All that shit. Was it heat? Was in heat? Heat though. Yeah. That's the best shootout scene ever in heat. Yes. When Dude, he you need to go watch Gone in sixty seconds. It's okay. a great movie. Okay. When he's walking out of the bank and then it's he just notices the first one he knows and he's unbelievable. It's so good. All right. So mine is something that we discussed last time. For some reason, we we it got into Ali. And I, the movie, and I talked about, there's a song on there that was done from the soundtrack and was a remake of Sam Cooke, mm-hmm. uh, Bring It On Home. So the, I, like fucking some, somebody's listening at all times. All of a sudden, there was a documentary on Netflix. It popped up right up top. Remastered, The Two Killings of Sam Cooke. Wow. Which is so good. I watched it. Um, it's about an hour and 15 minutes on Netflix. Look, I think Sam Cooke is a brilliant. I think his vocal styling is brilliant. Um, a great one, of, if not the greatest soul singer of all times. A lot of his stuff in his background, I didn't really know. They, they break it down, how much of a, a barrier he was and how like the mob and shit was against him because he was empowering artists to do their own music and their own labels because people were getting ripped off and how this incredible beloved singer ends up dead in a CD motel and they're like oh yeah he's just another black guy that got killed in a bad part of town and they just left it like that not like it wasn't Elvis shot there like that they they there wasn't really no big investigation and things like so I I watched it I listened to it there was a lot of good story and interesting stuff Sam Cooke is one of those big name in in music that even if you don't like his music it, it it's kind of uh, changing for pop culture and uh, it's historic. If you find out his background story, it'll have a lot to do with even U.S. history. So if, if you um, like his music and like soul music and R&B, which I really do, you'll even like the documentary even more. It's a it's a easy hundred hour and 15 minutes. And it's fascinating. And there's uh, a movie out, which I haven't seen yet, which is what is like, I guess his famous line was. I think it was like, like I don't think it was bitch, but bitch, you shot me, <laughs> lady, lady, you shot me. And I think they made a movie of that, which just recently came out. Um, and I haven't seen that yet. And I probably will. And maybe that'll be next month's ARCs. You make me rock hard. But yeah, Sam Cook. What can Ooh. I say? And yes. then it, it, I would recommend and they played a little bit of it is his live at Harlem Square in 1963, which is what that Ali soundtrack was trying to take when he sings that Bring It On Home and the crowd is into it. And they sat on that album. Like the uh, record label sat on that album live in Harlem Square Club, not in Harlem, but in someplace in Miami, till June of 1985. 
This yeah. album is considered legendary, one of the greatest live albums, but it was too black, like too much of the crowd going nuts and singing back to him and stuff. And they they sat on this for fucking that many years. And it's just an amazing story. Uh, the album is amazing, which I have. You guys would really love it. If you like soul music and stuff, yeah. you would like it. So. Nice. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Zeus, did you come to a determination? Who do you feel had a hand in killing him? Because I saw all that, and I've seen all the movies, and I've seen a couple other things, too. I've got a thought, but do you have a thought in who killed him? Um, I would say who who had the – it's one of those JFK. Who had the motive? Yeah. Who had the means? Yeah. Who could cover it up? Yep. Uh, I think probably the mob had something to do with it. Yep. I, I think it's Bobby Bobby Womack. Oh, really? Yeah. He ended up marrying his girl – he ended up getting most of the record company, et cetera. He had a lot of motive because it came back to him because he was dead. Yeah. yeah. And then all the records and they were trying to set up. Yeah. I know he was going to confront him. Yeah. Supposedly they were going to have a talk about things and it never yeah. happened. I don't know one way or the other. It's just a matter of uh, it's a sad ending to a, a huge musical figure. And mm-hmm. it is true that that shit wouldn't have happened if Frank Sinatra was just found dead we wouldn't be like oh well sorry it's true no No, unfortunately you're right yep but fascinating shit anyway uh sunny where can we find you buddy um social media uh growinguprock.com and i'll tell you i don't always pimp growinguprock.com heavy but if you love heat check out our top 10 heat episode from june 21st 2020 and you'll get a little more history and Nice. Get um, accustomed cool. to a little bit of their music, but uh, and then of course podcast Rock City, we're still up and running, going cool. good, awesome. Yeah, so shout it out loudcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we are an all Kiss podcast. We drop new Kiss related episodes every Saturday, and we do these album review crew episodes once a month with Sunny, and we rotate picks. This was Sunny's pick. The next pick will be Zeus, and then after that will be our Patreon pick rotation, and then back to me. Uh, but you can find us on our brand new website, shoutoutloudcast.com, shoutoutloudcast.com. And you can also reach us at our email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's a great way to reach out to us and send us some feedback on heat uh, and how Sonny and Zeus uh, don't know what they're talking about by saying that the movie is better than Goodfellas. Uh, you know, please send those attention to me. And of course, we're very active on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and you know, we're very active. I'm sure if you guys are following us and listening to us, you, you know, that you're all part of the family with us. And speaking of that, we're part of the Pantheon podcast family, tons of great shows there. So check those out, but we're easy to reach again, our website and our email address. Check us out. Yeah. We really are excited about the website and, uh, what's great about it specifically with this show is you can see every episode. And you, if you want to, you can see the spoilers where we rank the song before you listen to the episode during, or you can hide it and, you know, go back and look at it afterwards. You can see all our rankings where we rank the albums, the album covers. You can see what we put as a top 50 songs, the worst 20 songs. Some of these might be on there. You never know. But the website is something we're really proud of. We worked on it a lot. And you can also find photos of the one and only Sonny Pony on there. 
Ooh, so extra an, bonus. That's an extra fee, though. That that's in the pay section of the website. <laughs> VIP, on, yeah. yeah. That's a VIP Patreon selection. <laughs> we have screenshots of Sonny doing the show with us. So. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And you, don't forget, you can always DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We enjoy those. Um, please subscribe. We hit the 500 mark on YouTube. You do. <laughs> nice. Next mark, 600. Please subscribe to us there. It really helps the show, along with giving us a five-star child review on all the platforms where that's able. So you can do that on Apple, Podchaser, Spotify, all those places. Anywhere you do that is greatly appreciated, and it helps the show out tremendously don't forget you can always email us shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com and just leave us some messages and your thoughts on the show uh, or obviously on our social media platforms and now on the episode on the website at shout it out loudcast.com so we end usually with famous last words Tom, do you got any? Oh, I do. Oh, I've got to look away. I can't stand myself in the mirror. What should I have done? I am one with the rain. Sonny, what do you got, brother? I can't rewind. I'm trapped in time by all the memories we created. I just can't take it. We both moved on and on to others, on and on. But I'll come clean. I never stopped thinking about you, girl. Oh. <laughs> Jermaine, stop teasing. Tito, get me some tissue. <laughs> oh, boy. We are gods of the universe. We are <laughs> gods of the universe. Stand up. Get up. Get on your feet. We're not going to make believe because we, we are, are gods. gods. What a way to end. Tom, thank you. Sonny, thank you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters. Heat fans of the world and Sonny Pooney. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, always a good time. Always a good hand, guys. Thank you so much, uh, everybody out there. Sonny, thanks for picking an uh, interesting and unique album to expose us to some new music. And uh, Zeus, as always, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. I just want to get mixed up with that bitch. Because she got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up it. Jesus. When I think of asses, woman's ass, something comes out of me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 